You're listening to Season 2 of the Penny Hill Practice Podcast. This episode was recorded in February 2021. Hello, welcome back to our podcast brought to you by Penicil Practice. I am Dr. Jeff Hamp. Hello, I'm Dr. Sam McGinley. We hope you've had a good week. What a mighty cold wind we've had. Indeed. Uh, last week we released our podcast on tetanus and we hope it was helpful, especially now we're all potentially getting back into our gardens. Now, the ground has been a bit frozen this week, although the rain seems to be making it feel a little bit warmer and certainly those first spring bulbs are showing their shoots. Yeah, indeed, actually. I just saw mine in the garden in, in this week, so it's good to uh, yeah, good to see that happening. First signs of spring. So just a brief reminder that we are planning a podcast on first aid kits, and we would be interested to know from you listening to us if you um, have any suggestions about what you include in your own. So feel free to contact us via our email address or the contact page. Yes, we're looking forward to that. Now, a big thank you to all of you who have been sending us questions on the coronavirus immunisation for part two of our podcast. And remember, if you've got any questions on the COVID vaccine, email them to us at pennyshill.podcast at dorsetgp.tennishers.uk or use our encrypted podcast form on our website. Or you can now contact us on Twitter. Yes, we've joined Twitter and are contactable there too. So tweet us, follow us or DM us and we are at the PHP podcast. Now, we've got some exciting podcasts lined up for the year, but if you have any ideas for topics, do get in touch. Email us at pennyshill.podcast at dorsetgp.nhs.uk. Use our website form, or as Jeff said, find us on Twitter at the PHP Podcast. And if you've got any ideas for guests, please feel free to email us at our email address. So, what are we talking about this week, Jeff? Well, this week, Sam, is the next in our series of What Do I Do If I Have Podcasts? And this week, Sam, we are going to talk about what to do if you have a urine infection. Mm, Yeah, it's quite a common problem, actually, that we encounter. But there are some important, simple facts that we thought it would be helpful for everybody to know. Yes, it is. It's a very common problem, Sam, isn't it? But before we start, it wouldn't be the PHP podcast without a very quick reminder to you all again keep up that really good infection control you've been doing so well so please keep washing your hands really well use hot water and soap wash them frequently when you do wash them for at least 20 seconds remember do this when you get into your house or when you get into work and definitely do this before you eat or drink anything after you've coughed after you've sneezed or blown your nose and definitely before you touch your face your mouth your eyes or your nose and before you take your face mask or covering off And remember, if you cannot safely socially distance wherever you are, we do recommend that it is best to cover your mouth and nose with a mask or a face covering, even if it is not indoors. Okay, so we hope you find this week's episode interesting. So sit back and enjoy, and we'll see you at the end. Okay, so what do we mean by urinary tract infection or a UTI? Well, a urinary tract infection is the presence of characteristic symptoms in conjunction with bacteria identified in the urine. The infection can occur anywhere in the urinary tract from the kidneys down to the bladder. More commonly, we see what we call a lower UTI, which we otherwise call cystitis, infection in the bladder. But we also see upper UTI, that's infection in the kidneys or something called pyelonephritis. Now, there are other things that are also important to note. Firstly, it is possible to have bacteria in the urine without actually having symptoms. This is called asymptomatic bacteria, so no symptoms but bacteria in the urine. This is more common in the elderly population and is essentially a harmless process. 
but it is an important thing that we test for in pregnancy because it's often associated with complications of pregnancy. We're also careful to investigate and treat infections differently if you're male or female, and if you're a child or an adult. There are also different bacteria that we know cause urine infections, some of the more typical ones that are very common, and others are less common. The typical bacteria are usually those bacteria that have come from our own gastrointestinal tract, and they enter the urethra and travel into the bladder. So, what are the risk factors for developing a urine infection? Well, we see urine infections far more commonly in females, and this can be of any age, though statistically one in three women will have had at least one episode of a urine infection by the age of 24. Uh, Other risk factors include certain medical situations such as the presence of diabetes, pregnancy or a severe problem with the immune system. We can also see it occur in someone who might have had an operation to look into the bladder or if they've had a catheter. Other risk factors include sexual intercourse, especially with new partners, and the use of spermicides. We also see it happen in people who can't empty their bladders completely, which is often the case in men with enlarged prostates. And finally, urine infection is more common if a person has an abnormality of the urinary tract, such as when they developed in the womb or after surgery. Now pay attention as we want to give you as much information as succinctly as possible, and there's quite a lot to cover. So let's start with urine infections in adult women. Okay, firstly and simply, if you are pregnant, you should expect your midwife to be screening your urine for signs of bacteria, even if you don't have any symptoms. And if the result shows an infection, you will usually be advised to have it treated to reduce your risk of kidney infections and complications in your pregnancy. If you're more than 10 weeks pregnant and you've not had a urine test check, consider getting this done as soon as possible, so do get in touch with your midwife. Now, in adult women, the vast majority of presentations are with the cystitis or lower urine infection. This usually presents with increased need to pass urine, otherwise known as frequency, an urgency to pass urine, pain on passing urine or difficulty passing urine, a change in the smell or a development of cloudiness, and pain in the bladder area at the front of the lower tummy. Some people get nausea and vomiting, fever, rigors, where the body uncontrollably shakes, or blood in the urine. We also see confusion, which is especially in the older population. Now, if you do develop symptoms of a urine infection, the first thing to do is to increase your water intake. Take some simple pain relief, such as paracetamol, or if preferred, or suitable ibuprofen. Now, not long ago, we used to recommend cranberry juice and products that contain cranberries or based on cranberries, but this has now been removed from UK guidelines because of a lack of evidence. You could speak with a pharmacist to get some initial advice or try an over-the-counter product and it's quite possible that your symptoms will subside on their own with this basic treatment. But this is not always the case. Certainly, if you feel extremely unwell with increasing fevers, pain, or great difficulty with passing urine, please do get in contact with your GP for further advice. Your GP will want to know about the previously mentioned symptoms and will then decide on a plan with you. This might include immediate issue of an antibiotic, possibly with a request for a sample to send to the lab for testing. For a lower urine infection, or cystitis, if we do opt for an antibiotic, the standard recommended treatment is a three-day course. The choice of antibiotic may vary depending on the area of the country you live in, because we use guidance based on local information from our labs and our microbiology specialists. Now, if the treatment's not effective, you will likely be asked to provide a sample to send to the lab. If, during your treatment for cystitis, your symptoms get worse, or you develop worsening pain or fevers or blood in the urine, you should seek further advice. Okay, let's look at lower urine infections in adult men. 
Yes, because this is different. And if you are a man and you develop the symptoms we mentioned before, please contact your GP. Urine infections in men is less common than in women, and we take a different investigation and treatment approach. If you're feeling very unwell with a fever, you'll be started on antibiotics immediately, but you will be asked to provide a urine specimen before you start the antibiotic. Depending on your age, symptoms, and any results or previous medical history, your GP may then go on to suggest further investigations. In both men and women, if you develop the typical urine infection symptoms and you have pain in the loin area, that is the kidney area, on one or both sides of your tummy, we will consider the possibility of pyelonephritis or kidney infection. This is less common but potentially serious and can result in admission to hospital. Please contact your surgery urgently if you have loin pain, fevers and typical symptoms that we mentioned before. Your GP may want to examine you, will certainly want a urine sample and start an antibiotic. Again, your age, your gender and your previous medical history may influence the plan made here. Indeed. Now, before we talk about urine infection in children, who are our last group, we just need to talk through a very few specific points. Yes. So, firstly, if you are somebody who performs intermittent self-catheterisation or you have a permanent catheter, there is an increased risk of you developing a UTI, which can still present with typical symptoms, but is a little more tricky to confirm. Yes. Now, by and large, the urine that comes through a catheter will always appear positive on the common urine dip test and does not necessarily mean that a person has a urine infection. Essentially, we're still looking for the common symptoms, and this is in conjunction with bacteria in a catheter specimen. Now, recurrent urine infection is relatively common, especially in women. We will usually want to be seeing urine samples sent to the lab for testing and potentially investigating further depending on your age, your gender and your past history. Certainly recurrent episodes of kidney infection will be taken seriously and investigated further. This might include the need for an ultrasound scan of the kidneys and possibly a referral to the urology doctors. Now, if you see blood visibly in your urine, with or without symptoms, please do contact your doctor for a review. Depending on the situation, the doctor is likely to want to investigate things further. Okay, let's move on and talk about urine infections in children. Urine infection is a possible cause of high fever in children, and we'd certainly consider this, especially if there's no other obvious cause. The way a urine infection may present can vary depending on the age of a child. So very young children under three months may have symptoms of vomiting, lethargy, irritability and generally poor feeding. Their urine may smell offensive, but not necessarily. Children over three months may have tummy pain, again vomiting and potentially offensive urine. It may be clear they are going more often or have discomfort when they go to the toilet they may have a change to their continence levels. What we do regarding treatment and testing will very much depend on the child. But the key points to note are, number one, if a child is very unwell and a urine infection is suspected, treatment must not be delayed. Number two, if your child is under three months old and your doctor thinks they have a urine infection, do expect for them to recommend a review in the hospital the very same day. You may be asked to try and catch some urine. This is best done as a clean catch and in toddlers this might include getting them in the bath or using a potty offering them a drink beforehand there was also a study in america that showed if you apply a clean flannel or piece of gauze that has been soaked in cold water to the front of a child's tummy it increases the chances of the child passing urine so there we have it our outline of urine infections there's so much more that we could have covered but i think our top key points are one not every symptomatic infection requires antibiotics always remember to try the very simple things first 
Number two, if you feel very unwell with fevers or loin pain with urine symptoms and you have not improved after 48 hours on treatment, you must contact your doctor. Number three, definitely contact your doctor if you ever see blood in your urine, regardless of whether you've got any other symptoms. And number four, consider a urine infection if your child has a fever and is unwell. And that brings us to the end of our podcast on urinary tract infections. Now, as we said previously, UTI is common and in most cases treatment is straightforward, but we do need to carefully consider the best investigation and treatment approach. We will always ensure that if somebody is unwell with a suspected urine infection, we treat them appropriately. But we're also mindful that we want to reduce the risk of future antibiotic resistance, which might mean that some suggestions at times about how else you could treat your urine symptoms are given first line rather than antibiotics. Okay, so what's coming up next week, Sam? Well, next week, Jeff, is the first day of March. Can you believe that? And in the UK, March is Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month. So in support of this, and to hopefully help you, our listeners, we have a podcast on ovarian cancer. And as we will hear next week, ovarian cancer can often present with very vague and non-specific symptoms. So make sure you're listening to hear more about this topic. Yes, that's right. And remember, if you've enjoyed listening today, why don't you let us know? Leave us a review, let a friend or a colleague know, leave us a like or a star rating on your podcast app. And of course, make sure you've subscribed on your app so you'll know when next week's episode goes live next Monday. Well, we hope you all will have a lovely week and we will see you next Monday. So look after each other and look after yourselves. Bye. Bye. The Penny Cell Practice Podcast is created, written and hosted by Dr. Jeff Hamp and Dr. Sam McGinley. It's produced by Dr. Jeff Hamp. Any references to infection control and social distancing were valid in the UK at the time of recording. Mm-hmm.